Episode five? Yeah. Wow. We're podcasters. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? I'm excited for this episode. Well, Me too. Yeah. The name of the episode. What's the name of the episode, Carmen? The Silent Battle, right? Silent yes. Battles. Sil- silent Battles. Silent Battles. Right. And I'm super excited for this episode because we have... I don't want to say it yet, but we got a special guest. It's our first guest. I know. I'm y'all super gonna love her. Yeah, y'all going to love her. Y'all going to love her. But before we even introduce her, introduce the episode, let's jump into our hot takes, our sink or swim segment. Yeah. It's been a while. I feel like so much has happened since our last hot takes. I know. Like the, hard the to keep up. Exactly. Like the vice presidential debate happened and right after happen. we dropped the episode. Yeah, it ended. And then the, pres- and then the presidential debate debate didn't happen i guess we didn't even get to discuss that trump got covid i thought we discussed it i feel like we did i feel like we did but so much has happened i don't even want to talk about it no more because he acting like he don't got it he on stage like talk and not did you talk. there was a video there was a, a clip audio clip that came out of him doing an interview and he was coughing the entire time like trying to hold in a cough <laughs> it's not I funny like, i was like why don't you just go home go to yeah. bed Go, go to the hospital and stay. If Take I your recommended reporter, two weeks. <laughs> if I was a reporter, I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I, can feel it over, I can feel it through the phone. Stop it. Yeah, sorry, Mr. President, but I gotta go. But yeah, I don't even want to talk about the... Do you even want to talk about the vice presidential debate? Because I don't. I mean, y'all saw it. <laughs> like, I, it just wasn't like... It wasn't a reality show, thank God, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it was way better then which isn't saying much but it was way better than the presidential debate and so and it was just kind of refreshing i know like politics aside it was just refreshing to see like a black woman kind of just eating at a old white man so that was that was refreshing to just see that on national television um other than that i feel again i didn't feel like i gained like knowledge or like oh this is what they plan to do with like foreign policy or minimum yeah. wage or anything i like tweeted that. this and i'm just gonna say, i think that I, I don't think either of them won like i you didn't win me over kampala like i'm <laughs> like i'm just i'm 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 good but the fly oh my was gosh. the star of the show i thought i was tripping i thought i was the only person i saw that fly i thought it was on my we tv <laughs> on my tv i was like tap tap i was like tap tap like get off right. now nah, i don't even i don't i have nothing to say about the presidential debate but something that happened this week that i encourage everybody to watch gail king did her interview with um kenneth, kenneth walker. walker yeah and for those who don't know who kenneth walker is he is or was the boyfriend of brianna taylor we all know you should know who brianna taylor was she was a black woman that got killed in a no-knock raid by the police um they were looking for somebody else that they actually already had in custody um and kenneth walker shot at the police because he didn't know that they were the police because they didn't announce themselves yeah um and that interview was crazy it wasn't it wild like one part of the interview where i don't remember the exact wording verbatim but when he said that he heard the police talking about her like we got her like referring to the fact that they killed her yeah they were they, they were walking in and said all right she's done yes that's like, what they said she's done 
Like, like oh, my the part that got me was like I called nine one one thinking that they would help me, but in actuality, I was calling the police on the police. On the police. So like, that's how you know they did not announce themselves. Like, because why would I call the police? Would, the police are here. <laughs> like, why, why would, would I, I call nine one one? Right. That like, that interview wild. really just shook me. It really shook me. It to really because there's really nothing like think about all the possible ways you could have protected yourself. There was at no situation. Was it safe? Like you, you had a gun in your home, like you shot because right. you thought it was intruders and they would go away. And it's like, no, right. Like it's yeah. just a horror movie. It's like even hearing about it is a whole horror movie. And yeah. then afterwards, sorry. I, Cause I just watched this last. No, go off. But the police were like, mm. are you shot at Kenneth Walker as he's like barefoot, he has socks on and barely any clothes because it was like mm-hmm. at night outside, knelt down with his hands up. He was like, "Are you shot? Are, they, are you shot anywhere?" And Kenneth Walker was like, "No." And they were like, "That's unfortunate." Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. The whole the whole interview was like mind boggling. For me, it was when she was like, "How did you find out Brianna didn't make it?" And he was like, "The news." Like yeah. he was in custody and found out on the news. Like he saw what happened on the news, and they were like in a female assailant or whatever word they use didn't make it like that he didn't even get to go to the funeral because he was in custody for something that he should never have been in custody for let's not forget yeah, it, that he yeah. was legally packing and y'all didn't announce yourselves when you busted in so that's not really a sink or swim like topic but right. i thought needed was, to be a, said needed to be said and y'all need to watch i think that y'all obviously can find the clips on youtube but i think that it's the full interviews available on bet are you like are you a not legal scholar, but I know that they've pretty much only pressed charges for the bullets that missed into like the neighbors. Yeah. And hit the, is there anything wall. like, is, is the phrase even arrest the killers of Bri- Brianna Taylor even a thing anymore since that case has just been dismissed, I think, or acquitted or whatever the case is. So I don't think they, they're not acquitted. That's not the proper terminology because acquitted, I believe means like you actually went to trial and you were acquitted of all charges. Like you were found not guilty. They just weren't indicted, meaning that they were never charged. So they could get charged. Like if there was more evidence, I mean, I don't know what more, more evidence, evidence you need. <laughs> oh <my laughs> like God. you killed her and you wasn't supposed to i mean you're never supposed to kill anybody that's not your that is their job we're not going to go down this rabbit hole but if there were if there was more evidence they could be charged again that is so they them. can they still can be charged mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're just not not okay <laughs> yes no they're just because i didn't know what that meant i was like i know one person got charged for yeah the bullets that missed essentially yeah but i didn't know what that meant for the rest of them yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what that means. But if I'm wrong, somebody please correct me. Um, but I'm pretty sure that that's what that means. But yeah, definitely not a sink or swim type topic. But I, I think people need to be watching. If Kenneth Walker died, God forbid, this story would, would not have, been, yeah. have existed. Would have been mute. Would have been thrown right under the rug. So I think it's important for everybody to know who Kenneth Walker is. And one, and speaking of that, one thing that he said was like, "I don't want people to know who I am. I want people to know who Brianna was." Yeah, my heart. Let's my heart. Yeah, is like broken. Um, but this is a terrible transition. But it's still on the the under the umbrella of politics. 
Are you gonna join Diddy's uh, political party? Our black party? Um, <laughs> no? No heart emoji? <laughs> no. Did you see what he said his party was about? I remember him, Naomi Campbell, and some other people were already talking like, you guys, we need our own like agenda. If the candidate is not following our specific like goals, we're not going to vote for them. I remember that type of campaigning earlier on, like last right. year. I didn't know it became official, an official like party. But I saw a very popular tweet of him buddied up with Trump years ago, up until like just a few short years ago. And then someone was like, is this you? <laughs> and it went like viral. I mean, okay. So I'm, I'm going to address that, that, that point. So apparently the agenda, the, uh, uh, I guess what's the word reasoning, I guess for this party is to, um, promote black. I don't want to say capitalism, but that also is correct. Um, putting money back into black businesses, um, making sure black people have health care, making sure black people have um, equal opportunity to proper education, um, environmental issues that affect a lot of black people. You know how that be. Climate change also most likely it does affect black, brown and poor folks. Um, but I felt like the statement that was released was just a lot of buzzwords. Like there was no like you're saying that black people need a plan. So what is your plan to make sure that we're achieving all right. these things that you're listing? Right. Just wondering. Um, and it doesn't mean that they don't have one, but I just haven't seen it. Please be clear. It doesn't matter if they actually, I don't, I'm not joining this. Party. <laughs> like, this is not me asking because I want to sign up. This is just me asking because I'm curious. Um, but in terms of like the photo that he had with Donald Trump, I didn't see it, but Donald Trump was one of those people that like, cultural folks and even rap folks like engaged with yeah like snoop dogg did too <laughs> like that was just one of those like he was on an episode of fresh, fresh prince, prince. Of yeah. Like, yeah he it was just one of those things that he was included in culture and i'm not saying that's an excuse but like please don't cancel i used to watch the apprentice that was my shit like that was such really a, that, I didn't that was that. such a good show my favorite season is the one with little john um, I think Latoya Jackson was on it. Like it was such a good show. But I say let's say like I don't know if I'm gonna like hold. I don't know. Like did people know he was racist back then? I don't know. Did they? I'm pretty sure. Well, you got to remember with the whole exonerated five thing that was very much <gasps> real. He was right. also he also was still accused of sexual assault back ah, then. You're right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I don't I'm like say, this. I'm gonna say yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say yeah. I forgot he was like best friends with Jeffrey um Epstein. I was about to call him Einstein. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well, sorry, Diddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he was still trash. Like, just had money and wasn't well, really present. Don't know what to say. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was aware. I think I forget because like I. I was a child. I, I was didn't say, know. We were we even born when this stuff was happening. I don't think so. No, not about not around the exonerated five things. That no, I, I wasn't was like, even born. That was ninety five, right? Yeah, yeah. Something I was like that. not even developed yet. I wasn't even an embryo. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, yikes! All right, Diddy. Well, yeah, I just don't think that there's an actual plan yet. I think, and people are skeptical because somebody was like, "You you took advantage of your artist, but you want black people to follow your plan." Ooh. I was like, "Oop." <laughs> yeah 
Oh my god. I mean, I think I think in theory it's a good idea, like is I I guess especially just like history background with whole reconstruction era, how we had how we had mad black people in Congress and in Senate. Mm -hmm. And so I think the theory is there. I think like black, you know, Black Wall Street, how we had how everything was like we had our own stuff. Yeah. I think I think the theory is there. I don't like think the, the idea. Yeah, I don't I don't think the implementation the execution is there. And is Diddy the one to do it? And is Diddy the one to do like, it? Like I'm sure. Not. Actually, I'm not sure because I don't know this man. I hope that he has actual people in these spaces to do the work and like develop these plans. But if not, I don't want another first of all, I don't even know how I feel about politicians in general. But I don't want another person who doesn't know what they're talking about, doesn't know the history, doesn't know the implications of what they're doing to run anything or yeah. advocate for anything for black people. Like we don't need another Trump. Like another personality. Yes. Like another personality, like another person that like is, is Trump a business person? Just another person who doesn't know politics and doesn't know policies. Like we don't, I don't know, but another rapper in politics trying to get into it ice cube people are mad oh because he sat down with trump to discuss what he's doing yeah so i read about this did you read about it i just saw the tweets you know so, I get my news i saw the tweets and it was like ice cube working with trump and like i don't know it didn't it didn't shock me like it, i wasn't like oh i wonder what he's doing or like oh i'm mad i was just like oh that's okay um but i wanted to bring it up here so i was like let me read about it so what had happened was <gasps> He had brought this to Biden first. Right. And Biden I, I, had, I saw that. you know, gave him the little cold shoulder. We're going to bleep that out. <laughs> um, he was like, if I win, you know, we'll, t- we'll, we'll see if I win. Um, so he brought it to Trump because he was like, this is not a direct quote. Don't don't think that this is verbatim. This is just me blacking it up. Um, he was just like, yeah, like I don't really care what party is gonna take this plan, but one of y'all's gonna take it and like help these niggas out. So he brought it to Trump. And apparently it's like a five, I don't remember if it's billion or million, but a five, one of those plans, five billion million dollar plan to invest back into the black community. I don't know in what way. I don't know where they're getting this money from. I don't know what's happening. But Trump said, okay. <clears throat> Trump didn't say, okay, but they had a meeting about it. Some things that they agreed on. This is literally what the article said. Some things that they agreed on, some things that they didn't agree on. Ice Cube was in the one of the meetings out of the many meetings that they've had. Apparently there've been multiple. Ice Cube was in one of them. But Ice Cube is the person that is leading this effort um, to get this, I don't know if it's a law, bill, whatever, pass to put this money back into the black community. Okay. Now, do I have thoughts? Do you have thoughts on that? How do you feel about that? I mean, so there's like a couple of things. I guess this this is, and I wanted to bring this point up. So the whole, this was the dilemma I had earlier, just going back to when Kim came to Trump about clemency for all of the people that are mm. in jail for life for nonviolent um, offenses or like drug offenses that were nonviolent, and then Trump signed a bill basically releasing thousands of pe- black people p- who are in jail out. And so that's that's what Trump stands on saying how he like freed all us since you know he's he's the person that's helped <laughs> us basically since slavery, 
which okay i have to go (laughs) (laughs) okay but he did do like he did sign the the clemency or whatever and i guess he is hearing out ice cube's plan so i feel like okay like i i I get it you have to you have to like talk to someone if you want it and plan it's like it's no point in um i guess condemning trump like if he's president if he's the person who can get it can get it done and he's getting it done then so be it but i feel like there's a lot of compromising that goes in in politics and that's where like i kind of waver it's like okay like we'll pass this but like we're not going to get healthcare done or like something right. else has to get pushed down. Like that's just how politics works. If you're mm-hmm. going to get something in, something else doesn't happen. It's like, it's really not a, let's just all get it done. Right. Something always falls short. And that's kind of where I stand on it. So I think, I think hooray is a good effort if it, if it even happens and I don't know much about the plan. So you talk to who can get it done, mm. but I, I just can't help but think that there's going to be something else that falls by the wayside. For me, I don't even know if I have an opinion on it because I don't, I didn't, mm, I don't know if I had an opinion on the Kim Kardashian thing. My thing with her was just like, dang, like you don't even really do this work for real. I mean, but I guess she does the she work did for it. real now. Yeah. Like, but I was just like, dang, there's so many people in this space that have been trying to get this done for years and you're probably getting this attention because one, you're Kim Kardashian and two, your husband is hella MAGA for some reason. Yeah. Um. So that's why you're, getting the looks but in terms of this i don't know if i have an opinion i think it's definitely very similar to doing the deal with the devil like basically what you're saying like what are you compromising for it mm-hmm. I, I don't know and he might not be let's be like clear he might not be compromising something directly but like trump and his administration might be compromising things in their exactly head. like exactly. ice cube doesn't have the power to be like well if you do this then i'll let you take this from black people. Right, like right. he doesn't have that power but Trump might be thinking that in his head. I don't know. I don't know if I have opinions on it. It's to be hard. It's really hard. I mean, I, I guess it's like at this point, by any means necessary, like you got to fight for us. And I guess it was the same thing with Martin Luther King and Lyndon B. Johnson. Like, it's not like he wanted to talk to that man. Um, but it just <laughs> it was just something that had to be done. If we were famous, the the, the headline of this that people would have took with <laughs> Harmon J. Carroll. <laughs> Paradise Cube. The Martin, Martin Luther King. King. Oh my God. And I would have been like, yep, she showed it. <laughs> Yikes. It's oh a, I don't God. even have a sink or swim. I don't know. I'm floating. I'm flo- yes. Floating. <laughs> I'm floating. I'm floating. You have many topics that my bothered only, you? My only thing was this confirmation of Amy. I don't know her last name, but I feel like every everybody's name is Amy nowadays. Who's Amy? The bird watcher white lady? Okay? No, the Supreme Court nominee. <laughs> oh my God. What's her last name? <laughs> Good question. I want to say Barnett Coney. Her name is Amy Coney. Okay, um, what she do? What she's, I mean, she's basically being rushed into the Supreme Court and mm-hmm. they're having the hearings now. The Democratic side has um, been saying, can y'all please slow it down until the next president's confirmed. The Taking the like, place of RBG. Right? RBG, correct. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> and the Republicans are like, you thought. And I think, I think what they're trying to do is like, let's just throw in another white woman so people think it's like, just, you know, <clears throat> rush her through. But mm. she's really not, she's going to be, she's, 
the speculation is that she's another conservative, although when they're doing the hearings, the Supreme Court nominee is not allowed to confirm like what side they're on on different issues mm. because they're supposed to be, you know, on the Supreme Court and like weigh out facts and stuff. So you're not right. supposed to put in your own bias. So every time questions of like Roe v. Wade or like Brown or Board of Education, anytime those questions yeah. come up, she's always evading. But mm. she's talked to like, anti-Jewish groups in college campuses. She mm. said that she doesn't agree with Roe v. Wade. Like she's, it's been proven like it's stuff. Yeah. That, through her actions. Yes. So um, this is like what Trump's third person to put on the Supreme court and some presidents don't even get one. So mm. I feel like y'all can let this one go. Like it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But she said, She's set to have the vote for the confirmation on the 22nd, which is like really soon. Um, so we'll see if that's the case. That's what's really scaring me is like th- there is no limit on Supreme Court. Like you're right. on there for and life. I feel like I feel like RBG could have waited. But that's just me. So I don't have thoughts on that. <laughs> but this is related. So I didn't know who RBG was when she died. At all? Not one bit. So the group chat, because you know every every person has their friend. Wait, you chat. didn't think about you did not know who this woman is. Period. No, like I've never even heard her name. Like I swear, like all my children, unborn children, never even heard her name. That's not crazy. one time. Okay, good I know because you would think GWS. She has, whole, she has a whole movie about her. Yeah, my mom was like, you should watch it. But after what I learned, I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Um, but you would think because GWS, they really only teach you about white women, at least in our our school. That's true. I barely learned about black women, like barely. But anyway, didn't know who she was. Like the group chat was so sad. They were like, rest in peace, RBG. And in my head, I'm like, who is red, that? black, green? Like, oh, my. <laughs> and I was like, I know y'all not like radical. I was like, what are y'all talking about? Um, Yeah, had no idea who she, who she was. Really? Not even the slightest. But then I started doing my little research and I was like, yeah, I was like, she's a white feminist and that's all I need to know. Yeah. But she kind of went hard on like, she, like for her to be, I think the oldest and one of what, two women on the Supreme Court, she kind of went in on the other justices. Yeah. So I, no idea who she is, but you know, I hope that we wait to fill her seat with somebody. With some, yeah, with someone who at least aligned with her values in some shape or further. More, yeah, radical. that'd be great. Yeah, but we have, uh, we can hope. We can hope, but yeah, that's the end of our hot takes segment, our sink or swim segment. It was a very sad segment. It was very political. Was very, but it I was mean, very political. We're like less than two weeks out from the election, so that makes sense. I'm really like, are we getting another debate? Yes, question mark. Because Trump didn't want to do it virtually. Right. He should be on this track. He should be better. They said he said he was all cured after day three. (laughs) That's what he said. I'm dead serious. He was also wheezing. Like he was so determined to prove that he felt better. He looked dead. Like you look dead. You look. That's not me saying he should die. He looks, but he looks, but he looks sick. Yeah, he looks sick. I was like, bro, it's okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. like, Take your time. I'm you fine. are like 103. Nobody expects you to be out moving. Like it is. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah, he just didn't want to be muted. He didn't want to be muted at all. But the but- thing is, mute the mic. <laughs> I get. I know you can mute on Zoom, but you can also mute a mic. And also, I don't know like the the s- rules of being a moderator of what's appropriate and what isn't. But I need them to do better. Like at some point, and I know we talked about this on the last episode. The fact that Trump was way over the line, like bringing up his kids. But like at some point, y'all got to step in and be like, "All right, dead ass, everybody, that's calm not, down." Yeah, <laughs> like, for real. that's not what calm we're here down. For. Or even with the moderator that was doing um, Kamala and what's that fool's name? Mike Pence. Mike. Like, he just kept talking over her. And granted, I really don't want to hear anything Kamala has to say. But if that's the game we're playing of, like, debating and giving people equal time, right. like, right. she was much stricter on, on the black woman than the white man. Yeah, she was. Yeah. Like, much stricter. And like Kamala had to abide by whatever she was saying. Like, you didn't see Kamala fight to speak over her like Pence does or that or like Donald Trump does because as a black woman she can't right there was some time she advocated for herself but yeah for the most part she had to just follow the guidelines so all I'm saying is I need to moderate the next debate okay make the petition because America loves petitions <laughs> send it around let's see what we can do that's all let's I get into it now no nah, we ain't doing that next question <laughs> and just make like, let me not let's get into this episode i'm excited let's episode do it. 105 let's do it i'm so excited our first guest <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i'm so excited i and forgot this really is our first one yeah i'm thrilled i am honored to be your first guest honestly thank you welcome to big fish sink or swim nadaline is with us i'm so happy that she is our first guest oh my gosh so welcome to big fish um we have a lot in store for this episode and i think it's a really special episode because i think episode three or two we talked about mental health um well actually we were talking about trauma so I think it's fitting to like actually dive in specifically about mental health and Nadaline's here to help us out with that conversation um I'm gonna let you introduce yourself so that way we don't like botch your whole career or anything like that (laughs) so hype yourself up and we will give you a period or yes encourage you (laughs) some round of applause Yeah, <laughs> Eric Claps. Um, I'm Nataline. I'm so excited to be your first guest here. Um, I love y'all so much. I love the podcast. And yeah, so I am a freelance writer and I focus a lot on identity and I talk about, a lot about mental health on my platforms, on social media, and also on in my writing. So yeah, that's kind of what I, I do short and sweet <laughs> version of it. And tell, us who you, tell us your features. Tell us where you've been featured. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let me hype myself up. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please. Uh, I've been featured in Women's Health, Refinery29. Yes. Um, what else? Oh, my God. Shape, Remescla. That's I have two exciting stories coming out for two new websites that I've never written before. Um, I don't even know if I can mention it, but it'll probably be out the story by by then. Um, 
But yeah, I have a story coming out for Bustle and another for Teen Vogue, which I'm so excited for. Yes. Hyper. Hyper. What's that chance for rapper meme where he's like, gas me up. Gas me. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. We we love love that. that. Well, thank you, Natalie, for being our first guest. I'm super excited to have you. When we were thinking about the next topic of uh, episode five, I believe this will be, um, we were thinking of mental health. I think it's super fitting uh, being in a pandemic to talk about your mental health, but also getting into the cold months and seasonal depression is real. And I was like, who is the person that we should talk to about this and you instantly came to mind so i'm super happy that you're here super excited that you're willing to chat with us and super excited that you're uh, a listener of the show that makes me happy yeah for sure always always a big fan yeah I, i know that um this will be probably airing later but i also think it's fitting because we just lost uh ruth bader ginsburg like hours ago um so i'm sure like our listeners and people who follow us are really feeling some type of way, like feelings of uncertainty, like what's going on, especially six weeks until election day. Um, so there's like a lot of things coming into play, not to mention she's like one of many people that we've lost this year. Um, so it's, it is definitely a heavy hit. And so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about this specifically today. When if you feel comfortable, when did you discover you had issues with your mental health? And tell us like a little bit about that backstory. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I kind of always struggled with my mental health. I was like a really anxious kid growing up. Um, like I remember being in school and everyone thought I didn't speak because I was so shy and just so anxious about saying anything in the classroom like even if I was spoke like spoken to by the like teacher or something, I would like not say anything. I would just oh. so anxious mm-hmm. of like saying the wrong thing. Um, so yeah, ever since childhood, I've just been really anxious, but I didn't recognize it as anxiety or you know a mental health issue back then. It was kind of like, oh, I'm just shy or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, But I always knew there was something going on. I was always a really sensitive kid. Like I would cry over everything and just be Mm -hmm. really nervous about everything. Um, And like growing up in a Latinx household, that was not common or it wasn't really understood. Like I remember my parents or my mom specifically kind of like not understanding and kind of berating me for being so sensitive. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like Latinx women at least in my household or Dominican women are like really strong headed um, and really strong women in terms. And so when they see emotion, it's kind of seen as like weakness. Like even when you're, especially being like my parents are immigrants and being a daughter of immigrants, you know, my parents wanted the best for me and they didn't want anything bad to happen to me or for me to be left behind because of, you know, being a sensitive person like they yeah. wanted to open up and they w- didn't want people to walk all over me so it was kind of I think a defense mechanism for them or a way of trying to protect me um but yeah that was a really hard experience but I first started to 
really understand my anxiety and like depression when I went to college. And it was the first time I ever saw a therapist in my entire life. Like I had been dealing with this for so many years. Um, And I kind of just like broke, I guess, when I went to college. It was just such a different change of scenery. You know, one day I left, yeah, I left home. I was like dorming and in another state and it was just a really hard transition. And I think I just like, I was like, I need help because I can't do this alone. I can't do this transition by myself and I need someone to talk to. How did you get to that point of like, okay, I recognize that I have, I I need to talk to someone about this and then saying, taking the next step to like, I'm walking to health services to sign up for a therapist. Mm, Yeah. Like how did, how did you make that decision? Wow. Um, I think it was just, I had to do it for myself because I knew I was, it was the first time I was living alone. I was on my own. I didn't have my parents or friends back home to rely on. So I really had to start advocating for myself, especially going to a PWI. Like mm-hmm. I, I had to, um, you know, really step up and do what's best for me. And I just, and it was n- less stigmatized, I guess, when I went to college and it was more spoken about and it was free, the service. So I didn't even have to worry about costs. So I was like, let me just make an appointment. It can't hurt right. to talk to someone. Right. Um, I've always wanted to explore therapy, but never um, took that step or couldn't do it because of other factors. So yeah, it was just an open That's opportunity. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I probably regret because it was also free at me and Maya's college. And I just was like, I'm not going to them. They don't know me. <laughs> you know, like it, I, my household was very like what happens in this house stays in this house. It's like stuck with me today. Like I to to go to someone else and tell family business. No. Yeah, I actually I I my first therapist, I think I was like 10. Um and then I had like another one when I was like 16. But the college therapist was the first therapist that I went to consistently. Um, and it also helped that it was free. Um, what happened was the boy, I'm using boy very um, intentionally that I was dating at the time, um, was going through like a lot of mental health stuff. And this is like my first relationship ever. So any like first relationship is just like really like everything is like intensified in your first relationship. Like yeah. it's like, I love you and we're getting married. Like right. I have yeah, the right, name right. of our kids. I know yep. we're settling down. Like the arguments are like hella intensified. Like everything is just hella intense because it's like love, right? Um, and he was going through a lot of mental health stuff because his dad died. Um like suddenly like I think he was like hit by a truck like who was drunk driving um and he was dealing with a lot of mental health stuff and I had no idea like how to support him um and I was really like it was to the point where I was putting him before myself like I was like if I have to like miss class to be there to support you like that's what I'm doing like I'm missing the first day of class um which I did which I shouldn't have um but I went to the school therapist because I was like, I need, like, I was getting all the pamphlets out the thing. Like, I was like, I need to know what I'm supposed to do to, like, help mm-hmm. him. Um, and the the therapist was like, I only hear you talking about him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
fair. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I see what you're saying. Um, and then I ended up keep going for myself. And I'm happy I did because I was like one of the worst. That was my junior year, and I was hands down one of the worst years of my fucking oh, my fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> I, forgot. I was like, stop. I was like, I forgot this is my fucking show. Like, that's how that works. Um, yeah, so like the school therapist was like the first therapist that I went to consistently. And it wasn't like amazing like there's st- the person that i had was still in school like they were still learning oh, um okay. so it wasn't like definitely wasn't the best therapist i've ever had but it got the job done right like <laughs> i had an outlet i had like a resource that was free i just want to keep saying that because it's wow free. yeah the way insurance works uh with the co-pays like that's why Come i don't know now <laughs> but yeah School can definitely do that to you. Just like the change in environments, like the change in like the people that you're around and who you're engaging with. Like it's a culture shock no matter where you go, whether you're going from the city to the suburbs, vice versa, or even to a different city. Nadine, can I go back when you were talking about your childhood? Because yeah. I think this is when I knew I had a problem. Were you one of the kids that like, if you like drew outside of the circle or if you like didn't do the correct C or letter, you had to throw the whole project away? Oh my God. Yeah. I was such a, yeah, I was like, uh, it was just this fear of like not being right. I feel like there's so much pressure, right? Like, cause when you're little, you get so much praise, you get the stickers and stuff. If you do mm-hmm. well, you're like, I need to do this correctly. Oh my God. Yeah. I was totally that kid. Oh my gosh. I would cry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where's the copy? I don't have a copy. And oh my gosh, that's what I knew. I, I, I knew right then and there, something's off. Maya, did you have to say, are we living the same life? <laughs> no, 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 not I at would, all. I would I was, flip. No, I was the kid that was coloring outside the lines. Like, oh, this shit is hard. Mm-hmm. Like cutting <laughs> oh. all types of wrong. Like, no, I like full on got C's in art. Like, <laughs> and I was happy. I was like, this shit looks good. <laughs> like, it looks oh, great. Oh no, I cannot relate. I'm a perfectionist in like other senses and other aspects, which I think definitely contributes to my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like I've been looking at like this is something so small, but like I think people that have anxiety and like even panic attacks can relate to one of my pictures in my room <laughs> is slightly. <laughs> <laughs> And I've been staring at it for the past two weeks. And I can't I, fix, I can't fix it because the command strips have been messing up the paint. Oh, oh. and it like makes my heart beat fast. <laughs> so you just stare at the crooked picture. Yes. And I just feel like my whole room is now crooked because like now I like try to match the other photos with the crooked photo. So now like, everything is just- <laughs> so in my head, my room is like lopsided. I'm done. Oh my god. So in that sense, you know, I am, you know, and I think that that's actually funny that you bring that up because I saw something on Twitter that was like, um, perfection doesn't exist. That's just your anxiety. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) for real. I would freak out. Yeah. I was like, I feel attacked. I I feel like that's wrong, but I feel like that's right. Yeah. Literally. Like I feel like there's there is a such thing as perfect. Yeah. But it also could just be my anxiety. But I do want to go back to um, what Nadeline was saying when she was saying that college was the turning point for her um, when she started seeing somebody. Did you tell somebody that you were seeing a therapist when you first started seeing a therapist? Oh, I don't think anyone knew. Maybe like my roommates or something. 
Was that intentional? Ooh, no, that's a lie. I did not get along with my freshman year roommates. They did not know. Shout, um, out. <laughs> shout out to the horrible freshman year roommates. <laughs> um, I don't. May, I think I told my mom after a few sessions, but I don't think I told her when I started going. No. Was that intentional? I think or so. was it just something that you just didn't bring up? I think so. I think it was intentional because I grew up with the stigma and the shame and I didn't want to like, I don't know. I didn't want to have that conversation. Um, mm. And yeah, I didn't want to like potentially be shamed about it. Mm. Even though my mom was so understanding, she was like, thank God you're seeing a fucking therapist. Like <laughs> it's about time. Um, but yeah, I think I, I was just embarrassed, which is like so horrible. to think mm. about. Yeah. I would never forget I was in high school and one of my friends, we, we're no longer friends at this time, but like one of my friends was at uh, the lunch table with all of us. And I forget what we were talking about. And she said, yeah, that's what I tell my, th- yeah, that's what I tell my friend. And I had <laughs> knew she was about to say therapist. And like, I didn't know if I should like bring it up that it was okay. Like I wanted to be like, I, I go to therapy too. Like, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hey. like, um, but it was just so telling that you, stopped herself in front of like her closest friends Mm. and it's also like she wasn't black she was white but to speak to nataline's point that stigma yeah (laughs) (laughs) in the black community is wild yes yeah absolutely like absolutely wild and like i'm 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 grateful that like my mom has been seeing a therapist for the past 15 years um so she's always been open to it. But I've had, like, my grandmother, like, encourage me to get off my meds. Like, hurry up and get better so you can stop <laughs> can we taking talk your meds. <laughs> we talk about how parents are just like, you were like, I'm depressed. And they're just like, well, just don't be. Right. <laughs> <What>? Smile. <laughs> yeah. Go take a walk. Okay. I wish it was that easy. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. She was like, hurry up and feel better so you can stop taking that. And I was like, this is making me feel better <laughs> like you don't you do not want me to stop taking these i promise you yeah i promise you and did any of your other family members say anything about it when they found out oh shit um i have no idea i don't know if my mom mentioned it to other family members mm. like it's not like i talked to my extended family every day especially when right. i was in college i was mostly just talked to like my mom <laughs> or my siblings um but I think, I don't know. I think my mom created a safe environment where she didn't let people stigmatize me for it. She was like, mm. oh, this is normal. Um, and I saw that shift in her because when I was younger, she was like, what the fuck is mental health? Like she didn't even understand it. Um, but when I started seeing a therapist and she started noticing how I was changing and I was feeling better about myself or like just more confident, she was like, oh, this is a real thing. Like mental health is real. Um, Like anxiety is real. Depression is real. And she started just being more open to it. And even encouraging me when I came back from school or I took that gap year after like I had enough and had that mental breakdown. She was like, yeah, you should like see a therapist. I think that that's great. And I think, yeah, there's no stigma to it. It, it, It's normal and people need help and people should see therapists and seeing therapists is 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 fine and if you need it 
you, you said you had siblings. Are you the oldest? I'm the middle child. Do you, I said that because do you think like you going to therapy and like really prioritizing your mental health is kind of like healing your family in a way, like by you doing it, taking that step, you're healing your family? I think Mm. so. A hundred, a hundred percent. I feel like when I started seeing my therapist in college, um, consistently, like just my, it shifted in my family. Like my brother started to see a therapist also and- you know, my mom initiated that. Um, It was because she saw that I was taking that step and how much it was helping. And I think, yeah, I think it did change um, how my family saw it, which is a big step for like (laughs) Dominican immigrant parents that like did not believe in mental health. They're like, that's bullshit. That's not real to them to, for them accepting that and being like, yeah, this is, this is, um, there's a real issue and it's just mental health is just as serious as a physical, um, as your physical health and a physical illness. Absolutely. Mm. So I kind of consider you an influencer, not kind of, I do. I consider you an influencer. Um, and you openly speak about a lot of topics that people would consider taboo. You openly speak about sex and obviously you openly speak about mental health. Mm. Um, how did you feel when you first started talking about your journey publicly because I know a lot of people are like embarrassed and also sometimes it feels like I also talk about my journey with my mental health openly but sometimes I'm like who the hell wants to hear this shit like who cares about what I'm going through like am like am I connecting with somebody probably Mm. not like does it just come off like I'm using Twitter as a diary when like that's not my intention um so I wonder for you like how did you feel when you first started posting about it and how do you feel now in comparison yeah, that's a good question. I so I do kind of use social media as a diary, which I probably <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> girl. Me too. No, I honestly like for me, social media is for myself, even though I know people follow it and they see it, but I'm like, I'm gonna post what I want. I and love that. It might be taboo, it, it might be like TMI, I might be oversharing in other people's eyes, but that's what I wanna do and that's how I wanna use my platform. Right. Um so, yeah, I guess I was kind of nervous when I started talking about it, but I felt like it was important because I've had these conversations with friends about mental illness and like family and like no one was talking about it. Everyone was kind of having their own silent battles. And I'm like, let's make this shit public. Let's like talk about it. Let's like, I mean, write this long ass caption about mental health and hopefully someone will read it and resonate with it. And people have and people have like DM me being like, oh, I feel the same way. Or I'm so glad someone's actually talking about this because, you know, no one is because it's so stigmatized. And I don't know. I feel like everyone has this pressure for social media to be perfect on social media. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. I am not perfect. and <laughs> I'm going to show you that. You know what I mean? And that's what I really, really enjoy about your page. Um, like, not that it's any of our business because you are entitled to post when you want to post it and like curate how you want to curate but i genuinely enjoy like this one's something not i enjoy when you're having a bad day because i don't right like but i enjoy seeing the side that isn't performative Mm. um because social media is about like posting the highlights of your life like nobody really posts like the bloopers um so it's nice to see that people can do this um and and that people are going through the same thing that you are 
uh, I enjoy watching your content a lot. It's a relief for real because I still battle with that like now. Like I, y'all won't see me post anything negative. <laughs> yeah, as far as anyone else can tell, I'm great. This is a great life. <laughs> I'm All great. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's a relief to see other people do it because even though like it's nice to say like, oh, we should talk about this. There's it, like, I still battle with it, you know? So I, I look up to people like you. Well, I look up to you, but I look up also to oh, people. Thank like you. you. I think I just like, I post like I have no followers, like nobody's fucking watching me. Um, and then I post this stuff that's really raw and true. And then people message me and I'm like, oh yeah, I just posted that. <laughs> um, like that yeah. yeah, yeah, like that just happened. Like I literally like poured my heart and soul and my deepest, darkest thoughts on line. And um, but it's refreshing. I feel yeah. like- you know, a part of me, like, I try to fight those thoughts that it's like, and I feel like people can feel when someone's too honest online, they're like, oh, this person just wants attention and mm-hmm. wants something, someone to reach out. And I'm like, that's why people are so afraid to speak out because people have these thoughts and they think people are attention seeking when they share these, these emotions that aren't happy. Um, right. And that's not my intent. And I try mm-hmm. to, yeah, I'm always constantly fighting that. Like, I don't, like what other people think about what I post is is not my fault. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's on you. That's on you. Uh, that is not my issue. Yeah, that's, right. that's a you issue, if you think. <laughs> I'm you attention, that's not a me issue. I'm crying. I'm so really how, crying. Oh, go ahead, Carmen. No, I was just going to say, I'm really glad you said like people DM you because um, we were, when we were talking about like trauma and stuff and at the end of the episode, we say like, how do we deal with it? And we were both like, well, we don't. And like, <laughs> I want to see a therapist and stuff. Someone um, reached out to me. was like, yeah, my dad is a counselor. And like, if you want referrals... I was like, when did I when did I say I need a therapist? He's like, I listened to the podcast. I was like, oh she my god. She said, why are you projecting? Yeah. I, <laughs> I know I, I know I didn't post it. So and I know I didn't tell you. So Big Fish, I guess, is my diary. I love that. I was going to ask, how have y'all been um dealing with your mental during the pandemic? Cause like if we're being on for me specifically, like oh this is gonna sound so bad. I guess Big Fish is my diary too. Like I get a lot of my pleasure from being around other people and like entertaining other people and like going out, um, or even like going to the club and getting attention. Like hype me up, like boost my my self esteem when I'm in the club, like looking cute or whatever the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and there really is none of that, at least for me. Like I'm really an outgoing person. Like I need to be around. Uh, especially with my Leo rising, like I really need to be around people in their face, like doing the most in order to, th- to like thrive. And I have like my, um my introvert moments, but for the most part, I need to be around different personalities. The first week of quarantine, I was lit. I was like, Oh my God, I'm not going to work. I was like, ew, <laughs> pause. It didn't hit me that like the pandemic would last this long. Right. Like in my, yeah, in my yeah. head, in my head, we were going to be out of work for like two to three weeks. So I was like, this is it. Like a By snow week- day. Yes. Like a snow day. Literally. By the next week, I was full on depressed. <laughs> Yikes. Like I was in my bed all day, all day. And especially like 
you know how New York apartments be. There's really not much room to go anywhere else. <laughs> like right. it's either my kitchen, living room, bathroom, or fire that's escape. one room, <laughs> or the fire escape, or like my bedroom. So like by the second week, I was just like laying in bed, just sad. Nothing happened. I was just sad. So I went like, how are y'all dealing with your emotions during the pandemic? And it's going to get worse in the winter, right? Like there's no outside oh, yeah. eating that we're going to. Yeah. And also like seasonal depression is that season is coming up. Um, so yeah, I, I also were like, when was like you, um, when it started, I was like, yes, I don't have to go to school. I can stay home. And then the sec, the first month hit and I'm like, Ooh, this is going to be a ride. <laughs> this is not the two to three weeks I was expecting. And I was just, yeah, I was so sad. I think I was the saddest I've been in a long time. So how did you cope with that? Because now we're in, what, we're like almost six months in? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So over six months. And it's not really, like, yes, we're opening up, but like, we're never going to be back to normal anytime. I don't want to say never, but we're, we're not going to be back to normal in quotes anytime soon. Um, so what have been your coping mechanisms during p- the pandemic, during quarantine? Oh, I, I if any, busy. I mm. don't think I have any. I think I kept busy to get my mind off of what was happening, and it was kind of a distraction. But I wasn't actively like dealing and confronting the situation. Mm-hmm. I was distracting myself, mm. um, which is was not the healthiest thing, and still is. I still am like just trying to keep myself busy to not think about it too much. Um, because if I do, I know I'll be like in a funk for a few days or right. a few hours. Yeah. Carmen, did you have any? Cause I know like you started designing and like yeah. jump starting your own shit. I was like, well, cause so the thing was, I was, I was supposed to be living in Ecuador until July. Oh, yeah. And then I was, I was emergency evacuated in March, which was really hard because I was living on my own for about six months. Um, my own apartment, paying my own rent, like for the first time. And on the having, Fulbright, right? Yes, on the Fulbright. Yeah. And then I had to come home. And th- this, mind you, this is like the first time being home. You know, I was I was home in between school, but I had never been home for like months. Right. So this is me and, you know, my twin brother, he's gone, got his own apartment, living his best life. So it's just me and my mom. So it was like a whole different trying to relearn each other. I'm grown, but I'm still under her roof. And it's just like, that was, <laughs> that had to be the hardest thing. It's like, I have to wash dishes on her time, not my time. I have to close the cap on the toothpaste on her time, not my, like, it was just that, like those little things that were like getting to me. Mm. Is there is there different times that we close the toothpaste? <laughs> like, is it just not when we're done? That's not that was an that was a hyperbole. Okay, you get, you get what I'm saying. Like I couldn't put my my washcloth yeah. on the left side. That's her side. Like that yeah. type of stuff. Um. So yeah, I was like, what's something I can do that's just going to occupy my time and also build up my portfolio. Like I I really like design. I like doing social media, but I wanted something that makes me unique. So I started doing illustrations and graphics and stuff and that birth Carmen J designs that's what I did and then this podcast yeah oh yeah yeah Yeah. for me in the beginning funny the beginning of quarantine um my trainer was like let's do a detox and I was like oh this is terrible 
Um, so we did a detox and that was like how I spent the beginning of quarantine was like focusing on that. Um, and like trying to like see it through, I would never do a detox ever again. Um, and I have mixed feelings about the whole concept of detoxing. It doesn't really make sense to me. Like, cause people say your body detoxes itself. So like, why are you forcing yourself to like only drink li- liquids for the next month or whatever? But I did want to commit to it. Right. Like I said that I would do it. So I wanted to like see it through. And also it cost me $800. So I was going to see it through. We were committed. I was like, you must be like, my trainer was like, yeah, people, you know, um, fail after day two. I was like, for eight hundred dollars, they fail after. <laughs> right. day? No, sir. yeah, no. Um, but that like kind of like ignited this whole health thing. So like the entire quarantine, I've been like working out two times a day and like meal prepping and like keep it like doing yoga. High, oh, high yoga naked. Like I've really <laughs> learned to like kind of love myself throughout quarantine because the first all this was in your apartment yeah oh wow yeah yeah so like the first week like i said it was like fun the second week was terrible by the third week we were doing a detox um and that sort of like kick-started this health thing this going vegan thing that's like kind of like transitioning with me um once the pandemic ends so that's been my coping mechanism and like being creative and also i just want to say it's really a privilege to like be doing this stuff during a pandemic right like there are people that are losing family members and losing right. their jobs so like i don't want to be insensitive to that um because i also lost people from covid that was also hard like mm-hmm. trying to do things while people are actively dying um because there really is no again there's no like release like i couldn't go to the hospital when my friend was dying of covid like or the and that's funeral. the first thing or the funeral um so I don't want to be insensitive to that, but I definitely do think that like during quarantine, focusing on myself and my physical health and mental health was a good coping mechanism for me. But as we prepare for these winter months, <laughs> I don't know, y'all. I'm already sad. Yeah. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. not already. <laughs> I went outside today. <laughs> I went outside today and it was 52 degrees and I said, oh, no. <laughs> like it's starting. It's starting. It's starting. Do people prepare for seasonal depression? Is that a thing? I don't know. Because, like, if people are aware of, like, okay, I'm, the months are coming. I know that I'm going to be in a funk. How do I prep myself for this? Hmm. I, I wish like I would. Yeah. yeah. I like. I don't. I mean, I won't. <laughs> Because I'd be stuck in, like, my hot girl summer, like, mindset. Like, it's still nice outside. I'll deal with that when I deal with it. So I don't. But I just wonder if people do. I feel like some people might. If they know for a fact that they get into a funk in in the colder months, Mm -hmm. then, yeah, I'm sure some people have, like, they prepare for it. You know, they get their light therapy on or change their routine a bit. One day that I one thing that I want to go back to, um, because as black women, I think we are in a unique position to really dive deeper into how mental health is stigmatized within the black community. Um, and Nadaline, you identify as Latinx, correct? Or Afro Latina? Yeah, Afro Latina. Like that is a completely different experience that I cannot speak to. Um 
So I just want us to dive a little bit deeper about some of the things that like we've heard people say or some of the things that like my parents might have said to me um, and also how we combat um, the stigma within the community. So I think I'll let Carmen, do you want to start? Do you have an experience? With like what what they like, would say to me? Mm-hmm. What like my parents would say to me? Or anybody or something that you've heard or something that you've seen. Like this. Well, the stigma in my family has always been like pray about it or you're not praying hard enough or you don't have like that's been like the stigma. I'm a car. Yeah. It, and it was just like and I think that the church, the church culture is changing. And so a lot of people are like, well, God makes therapists for a reason, you know. So mm-hmm. I think that's like but growing up. um, I I was in therapy. I said this in another episode. I was in therapy after my brother passed, but it was so. It, I think it was it was so jarring for our family. And my mom had like no idea what to do. Like, how do I handle it? I can't do. I don't know what to do. Like, so she right. was like, the therapy was almost like the last option. I don't think it was one of those things. I was like, oh, this is like number one on the list. I think she was just like, I don't know how to handle this, and so I'm going to go to a therapist. Um, but I think growing up, especially when I was telling you about the drawing in the lines and stuff, it was always just like, Carmen, you need to calm down. Like you're so, they never called me crazy, but it always like, you know how Carmen gets like, don't, don't like, you know, push your buttons. She could be hot and cold sometimes. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the stigma around I, that family. I have a follow-up question. Um, when they were saying that you weren't praying hard enough, did you ever believe it? Were you ever like facts? Like, let me, let me pray a little harder. So let me say an extra prayer. So I don't think the words were verbatim. You're not praying hard enough, but it was more of like, you need to be connected. Like maybe if you went to church more, or maybe if you, you know, surrounded yourself by like other church youth and stuff like that, like maybe you guys could bounce off each other and have like, I don't know, good energy. I'm I'm not sure how to say it. Mm. Praying hard enough was just a stigma under that. But yes, I was just like, okay, let me listen to more gospel music. Um, get this playlist together <laughs> no for real and then i wrote i mean i wrote like in a book <laughs> honestly guys i was lost and and like you guys know like i i still love jesus like he's still my mans but i was just like very lost like i was i was like okay let me just put this playlist on let me feel better real quick oh, <laughs> that was it like i don't <laughs> who was in the playlist very quickly you like know, was marvin it- sap Brighter oh. Day, Kirk Franklin had a little um, Andre Crouch in there. You know, old okay. school gospel. Quality content. Quality. Quality. Quality content. That is super hilarious. So do you? would you say that you do anything now to combat that stigma that you notice within your family? So like, so when we have like these big conversations in my family, I'm like, if you guys want to have these conversations where you want to talk about our past or you want to see how we can heal as a unit, we got to find a therapist. Like, I'm not going to go into this conversation unequipped. I'm not going to go into this conversation hurting feelings because I don't have the language or I don't have the terms to explain what I'm feeling. We have to be, we have to go to the family therapist or we have to have individual therapists. So we know what we're talking about. Cause I'm not going to sit down and do this little circle thing with y'all. Man, I'm feeling it all. I'm tired. I'm not going to do the circle thing with y'all if we're not going to have a therapist or some type of like right. session within ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And not to get too deep into your family business, but like, was your family open to seeing a therapist? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. 
I love that. I love that. Nayleen, do you have any like experiences that come to mind when we talk about um, black mental health and mental health being stigmatized within the black community? Yeah. I mean, thinking about my own experience um, growing up Afro-Latinx, I, I did also get the same feedback as Carmen. My mom was like, maybe you should start reading the Bible. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to read the Bible. I don't think that's going to help me out right now. <laughs> she was always like, you know, because we grew up really Catholic. She was like, you need a stronger connection to God. I think that's why you're feeling this way. And I was just like, I don't know what this lady is talking about. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about to sit here and read <laughs> Just read it. Genesis and all. Back multiple times. I'm like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if she I said it's not that. working. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's not working. Yeah, simply not. Um, no. And I also like, I got the same thing. Like, ooh, my family would be like, just be careful around Natalene because you know how she gets sometimes or I would get called crazy to be honest, but like kind of in that, you know, they're trying to make fun way like, Oh, she's crazy. But like, right. But I'm like, yeah. It hurts. So like the undertones are there. Um, but yeah, it's rough. There is just like, no one understands it and they think something's wrong with you. Did you feel like you had the agency to um, correct them, for a lack of better words, when they would say things like that? Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, not really. I kind of just right. took it. Did you think it was, was normal? Like, did you were like, oh, maybe I am crazy. Like, were you like, facts, I am crazy. Literally, yeah. That would be my pushback. When okay. I, was I'm like, yeah, I am fucking crazy. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> <laughs> when I was younger, like it was, it would hurt, you know. Right. There's that, like, and a distance between age and authority. But right. yeah. yeah, when I was a teenager and shit, I didn't give a fuck. I was like, I don't care if you don't like me <laughs> or you think I'm crazy yeah. or whatever, all this stuff. Mm. Um, especially in like the Latinx community, there's just like, I feel like subtle bu- bullying is so common and like so accepted and normalized. Just like comments about your weight or like how you look it's just thrown out yeah like it's yes. and it's my like- friend Juan um we all know Juan mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. we all know Juan he was telling me how like it is normal in his culture for them to refer to you like, by your like size yes like he was like people call me Flaca, and I was like oh god <laughs> I, was, like, yes. I was like oh my gosh like okay don't do that to me <laughs> like like anybody who's not a part of that culture don't do that to me <laughs> that is not acceptable for me yes um but yeah that's so true that's so interesting yeah. or that like so any wild. characteristic like negrita mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just, that emoji that emoji where it's just this little squiggly guy was like <laughs> me. Okay. is is that a characteristic I don't know. Just like <laughs> that's what they would call me in the street. Like, mi negrito. <laughs> like they would call me on your skin color, mm-hmm. your darker, like negrita, morenita. And it's not like necessarily a negative thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just like a part of the cult. Like it's that's, almost endearing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
But I really, please, please, I respect all cultures, but do not call me gordita. Please do not. If you see me walking down the street, do not call me gordita. I will be very upset. She's like, because I know what it means. (laughs) I took Spanish one and two. Yeah, no, please. I'm weak. Yeah. I will will take the compliment, but yeah, that is so interesting. But like, they'll say things like, like if you gained weight, they'll say it. They're like, "Oh, you're kind of you're a little bigger." That está más gorda or something. Or like if you lose weight or look thinner, they're like, "Ay, mira, está en la línea." Like she's on the line. She's like thinner. <laughs> now I'm like, <laughs> and they'll say it so casually, so casually, and like they don't they don't think about it. They don't think how like it'll affect people. I don't know. It's just a Latinx thing. They're like, you know what? I think that also might be a generational thing also. Like my grandparents on my sperm donor side, I don't call him father, sorry. Um, (laughs) They always make comments about my weight, like all the time. I saw them, I'm laughing now, but I was greeting. Right. (laughs) That is the story. That is the story. I'm laughing now, but it was not funny when it happened. I saw my grandfather after like three months and I had actually lost weight. Not that it matters because like, what I lost or gained, like that's not your place to comment on. He opened the door <laughs> and said, You ain't missed no meal, huh? <laughs> I'm weak. <laughs> I said, Actually, I'm low. In my head, in my head, I was like, Actually, I've been missed a few. Like, I was like, okay. Um, like, and it's so wild that people think that that's okay. And like, I know it sounds like we're talking off topic because we're not, because like, for me, that does contribute to my mental health, like how people perceive me. Um, and it's just so wild that people think that that's a greeting or even like now that I've like lost hella weight, like, I don't want to talk about that. Like that all the time. Like, I don't want that to be like, in in the way that people say it, like, you look great now, now. (laughs) Right. Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> I know I didn't look great before. Um, yeah, so I think it's also like a generational thing. Like my, they're very southern. Like, mm. and that's another thing. Like, you're talking about my weight, but you want to feed me fried catfish and exactly. mac and cheese and collard greens. <laughs> like every time I come over, like I'm not missing a meal because of you. Like, this is <laughs> right. literally your fault. They'll only comment on your weight and then they'll like serve you a big ass plate of rice and beans and chicken. And you you have to eat it all. And if you ask for less, they're like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with you, Gorpita? Like what? That is so funny. Uh, This was super exciting. I do want to, I do want to quickly maybe give tips of what worked for us when we were going through our darkest times Um, or even like what our family did for us during those times. Like I can tell you that like when I was depressed in my room, my mom would literally bake cookies to see if I would come out my room. First of all, the fact that it worked. (laughs) She'll come out her room. Let me get these cookies in my room. (laughs) The fact that I literally, it was the worst summer of my life. I stayed in my room all summer, like in my bed all summer to the point where like, my body didn't register when it was nighttime for me to go to sleep because mm. I was staying in bed all day long. So like I would sleep like at weird hours because my body, it just wasn't registering. Like one day I got up and went downstairs to the living room. And when I came back, I was like exhausted Yeah, because I just wasn't moving. Um, But yeah, she would like bake cookies and like 
baked like stuff that I like just so I could smell it and be like, what is that? <laughs> Come out like what is, what, is, what is that? So I would love to share like things that worked for us. It might not work for other people, but we never know. I think for me, it was just therapy, of course, was the big one, like talking to someone and just, but it's not just talking to someone, it's talking to someone who can't give their opinion or it's like an out, they don't know you really, like they're not a family member or a friend that like, I don't know, there's no connection. And for me, that felt really safe that this person didn't know me. So I can just say whatever and they couldn't, like they can, like legally could not say anything to anyone else. Um, and that felt really comforting and yeah, just music as well. Like when I have bad days, I just put on my headphones and I'll close my eyes and literally just lay in bed for two to three hours listening to music. I love that. Yeah. Mm. Do you have a playlist out there on Spotify or Apple music? I do. I have (laughs) a playlist. I have a playlist called rainy day. That's I've been listening to a lot. Um, I also have a playlist called Songs to Cry To. <laughs> okay. Is this on Spotify or Apple Music? On Spotify. I don't do okay. Apple Music. I don't know. Yeah, apparently She's I'm the, very specific I'm about the that. only one <laughs> who does Apple oh, Music. you are. That is very bourgeois. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love Apple Music, y'all. Spotify. I also think this is obviously off topic. Spotify really like showed out with their end of the year rap. Like Apple dropped a ball and you got the budget. Like, come on. Apple did that. You just had to Google it. it. Spotify was better. Spotify was so much better. Like the videography. Calm. 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 I had a list. Switch over. Beyonce Um, was number one for me per use. Mine was Drake and The Weeknd and Burna Boy. Isn't that hilarious? Isn't that fitting? Um, Carm. Now we're on a tangent. Carm. <laughs> um, I passion projects for me. Um, I actually did. I know, like we we were talking about going on walks doesn't save depression, but vitamin D, <laughs> vitamin D, just just like feeling sun is proven to help your mood, also help your immunity. So my mom would force me to go on walks with her. So, cause I, I also had that exhaustion thing where like I would stay in bed all day and doing the dishes. I was like, wow, it's been a long day. My mom is like, I just worked 18 hours. What are you saying? I was like, so I'm, so because you're tired, I can't be, it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. But, um, yeah, passion projects. I did go for walks because they, they, they did help me. Um, it got to the point where I was like vitamin D deficient. That's like how, how much I stayed inside. Um, yeah, so walks, passion projects. And I know that you think about it, I do listen to music. I don't think it's something intentional that's like, oh, let me turn on music. But music is definitely a part of my life, too. Right. Oh, is it me? Um, Definitely music. A lot. I have a yoga playlist, but it's also served as like my smoking playlist, which is also served as like my sad playlist. Um, So a lot of R&B music, a lot of Kehlani, a lot of Kehlani. Um. <clears throat> I picked up a couple of tips. I used to go to group therapy at the time where like my depression was at its worst. Um, And they gave me a lot of tips that I still use that I think could be really beneficial, like adult coloring books. Um, If you're having an anxiety attack, like change in temperature, Mm -hmm. counting the tiles or counting something. Um, Things like that definitely helped me for like when I need 
a quick fix. I don't want to say quick fix, but a quick change, like with anxiety, like anxiety is like, for me, anxiety is usually in the moment, like something occurred and it gave me anxiety, whether like in comparison to depression, which is like long-term. Um, <clears throat> but what has helped me with that is like developing a routine, like getting up to make my bed makes the biggest difference ever. Like opening my blinds makes the biggest difference. Like my roommate knows when I'm in my bag because my room is just dark. Mm. especially because I have blackout curtains they're so good um so that has really helped me and writing I keep a journal I don't write as consistently as I'd like to um because my life is all over the place but even like doing the once a week thing just having the outlet and yoga has helped and meditating has helped like being grounded um Oh, that sounds so good. That sounds like very hinge profile being grounded and doing yoga and meditating mm. um, has really helped me like get in touch with my emotions. This is real last song, y'all. This is real <laughs> dramatic. Um, has really helped me get, but on a serious note, has really helped me like get in touch with my emotions and like the source of my anxiety, the source of like what triggered my depression in this moment. So all of those things have really really helped me and hopefully somebody somewhere can benefit at least from one of the tips that we all offered I have something to add actually because you both yes the topic of writing um I have a five minute journal that I do every single day and that's helped me so much just like writing down what I'm grateful for right Mm -hmm. writing my day off writing down my goals what I wish to do and complete for the day it's been so helpful and then at night just reflecting on what I did and you know what I accomplished mm-hmm. has been yeah life-changing I'm on my second journal and oh, it's, wow. it's, mm. it's thick it's like this. you completed it oh she thick thick yeah, yeah wow. <laughs> I can't see y'all but it's thick <laughs> right <It's>, we're <laughs> right. all looking at it yeah yeah I was like oh she thick thick <laughs> yeah yeah no the, the book is the thick book. that is amazing that is super amazing. And to actually write down like your accomplishments and like, I did something today. Let me, yeah. like, let's not focus on what I didn't do today. I got up and got dressed there you and go. brushed my teeth. That's an like, accomplishment. Not everyone. That is an accomplishment. It. Yeah. Y'all. This is a good episode. First guest. Yeah. You yeah. made a great. <laughs> this is so great. Honored, honored to be. There. Drop your socials. Tell them where to go. Tell them where to read your stuff. All that. Yeah. Okay. So you can follow me on all socials at Nadaline, N-A-Y-D-E-L-I-N-E, um, underscore Mejia, M-E-J-I-A. You can check out my website, which is also Nadaline Mejia, but it has like a dash in between my first and last name, dot com to see my writing. Nadaline, it was a fucking pleasure. I got to watch my mouth. You're amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love it. No, curse away. Love you all. Thank you. And thanks for listening. Episode five.